Kali Tribune project, uh, we very often talk or write about what is called sustainable development, an ontology and political philosophy that comes under different names sometimes and under different guises. In this episode, we'll revisit sustainable development one more time, but in the context that I believe is not being often uh, put forward uh, by people who are aware of dangers of uh, sustainable development, albeit often under different name. Today they like the name Great Reset or Degrowth, but that's not important. It's all the same, uh, all the same ontology and and the same political theory and practice. Uh, We'll put uh, sustainable development in the context of uh, Marx, Karl Marx and Marxism. The reason why I'll do attempt to do that is because American critics, uh, mostly American critics and uh, British critics maybe of sustainable development or to a man or to a woman indeed tend to identify sustainable development with a socialism or b Marxism itself or in the synthesis <laughs> of a and b in communism uh, to say in a at the outset, I think this proposition is not only ill-informed, it is uh, downright uh, wrong to its core. Namely, sustainable development and Marxism share precious little common ground, for one thing. Moreover, uh, they are, sustainable development is something that Karl Marx I don't mean Marxist, but precisely Karl Marx would outright reject. And in his lifetime, he rejected some ideas that are now incorporated in sustainable development. Uh, To understand uh, what this is about, uh, we'll have to talk a bit about the German philosophy, a classical German philosophy or classical German idealism as it is often called, which is the birthplace or Marx and uh, his ontology, his metaphysics, that is, because Marx does have metaphysics, it is atheist materialist metaphysics that is at the core of his economic and political theories. Some assumptions that he was quite open about, but were not uh, accessible that much uh, to a reading public until early 20th century, from his early philosophical writings. Uh, We'll we'll revisit some of these ideas here, because I'm trying to talk about principles here. Principles of sustainable development on the one hand, and principles of Karl Marx and correspondingly Marxism on the other hand. They don't jive to say in advance and to say the least. Now, what is the main philosophical problem for Karl Marx and why why he indulges into his intellectual pursuit? 
that gave birth to Marxism and communism, socialism and communism. Well, <clears throat> this is the problem of the opposition of the freedom and necessity. This is the one way to put it. There are other ways to put it, but they could be, I think, uh, understood as convertible. Now, I'm uh, for those in the know, this is already clear. I'm talking about German classical philosophy. This is the main problem of German classical philosophy. And although Marx <clears throat> is a critic of German classical philosophy, to wit, Georg Wilhelm Friedrich Hegel, He's also uh, he, its beneficiary and its direct descendant, uh, roughly uh, belonging to a group called Young Hegelians, or to be even more precise, Left Hegelians. Uh, the conflict or the opposition of the necessity and freedom uh, in fact, originates in Kant's philosophy, but to understand it in a kind of, uh, from kind of bird's view, that is to say how it, uh, how it uh, can be applied to any and all uh, thinkers of that age, and indeed I do think it can, it's best to put it in the terms of the relation of subject and object, which is crucial for German classical philosophy, but modern philosophy in general. Although German philosophy was most self-aware philosophy of its time. Uh, by this I mean uh, Germans were aware what they see as a problem and what consequences uh, this state of affairs has for philosophy and indeed for mankind in general because that was a time when people still thought that ideas matter as a matter of fact they still do uh, but different uh, uh, now we have to deal with different ideas and ideas I would even add of, of quite a lower qual quality and it was a case in the times from Kant to Hegel now, subject-object split is, roughly speaking, split uh, between conscious I, I as a personal pronoun, and everything that is in some way other than that I. Why would we call it, <coughs> excuse me, uh, conflict between freedom, uh, uh, let's say opposition, not necessarily conflict, uh, between freedom and necessity? Because I is by its very definition, if put into this context of opposition, of I and not I, free, at least it is understood, it's been understood as such in modernity. The problem, therefore, is how I can acquire the objectivity and hence uh, the unshakable reality it encounters in the world that is opposed to it. And consequently, how the world, real as it gets, opposed to the free eye, can itself be resolved into freedom and shown to be uh, something 
that is also subjective, that is also uh, imprinted by the sigil <laughs> of consciousness or reflective I. Now, uh, my repeating of this I, 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 <laughs> that may, may sound funny, is unfortunately necessary because I is not a person. And this is something that is very important to bear in mind. We won't get into this here. There are other places I talked or wrote about it. And this is I is consciousness. And consciousness is something that is very, very um, well-defined, especially in German philosophy. So this is the problem that was encountered by Marx uh, and that was put forward in my, Marx's opinion to a perfection of the given historical circumstances in Germany by Hegel. And Marx was pronouncedly Hegelian because in German idealism you had other thinkers like uh, Schelling, for instance, who went beyond Hegel in some aspects, uh, which Marx didn't care much about. So uh, to understand Marx, <coughs> on a long way <laughs> to reach uh, sustainable development and definitions, if there are indeed any definitions in the ontology of sustainable development, we have to say a few words about Hegel's so strap, uh, that is to say, fasten your seatbelts for a slow and bumpy ride. Hegel had put this problem of subject and object uh, to a very, into a very clear framework. Now, Hegel is famously difficult to read philosopher. Uh, he's considered as such. Uh, English interprets after Bertrand Russell and analytic philosophy just tend to ridicule him. But uh, Hegel's uh, difficulty in Hegel is because he's as every 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 true philosopher, he is finding extreme profundity and complexity in simple things, whereas finding simplicity uh, in in complex things, in a way that is not really natural, like it was in antiquity and Middle Ages and in general in pre-modern philosophy, uh, but he is conditioned by this what I consider artificial subject-object split, uh, by the way, to, just to put forward my opinion. Uh, uh, subject I consider subject-object split uh, uh, illusory problem. But nevertheless, the, this is the problem of modernity. It is uh, very much tied to modern age. And historical assumptions of modern age, by the way, it's unthinkable without them. Uh, however, with the pretension to be posed, proposed as something eternal, which was always present, which is absolutely not the case. But this is not important for our subject <clears throat> uh, directly, because we won't criticize at this point. Uh, Hegel put it, uh, this is the reason why Hegel is difficult. Uh, Hegel is interested in a way of uh, reconciling subject and object, I and reality, freedom and necessity, to make freedom necessary and to make necessity free.
and in this pursuit uh, he perhaps went the furthest from all the German idealists in the sense that he never abandoned idealism which for Germans of that age was not idealism what we think today of Plato's idealism there were no isms in Plato's time and this is very important but something that is very clearly defined and as we shall see and Hegel, to understand what Hegel means by this reconciliation and the German word is Versonung because the purpose of the whole process of interactions uh, dialectical interactions of subject and object of spirit and the world of I and the world is Versonung the reconciliation of opposites not simply abolishment uh, in some kind of drastic even violent way which is by the way the case in Marx but uh, by reconciliation and this is a Christian term Hegel is using uh, Hegel's philosophy has been understood by him as Christian philosophy it has to do with Christianity and Christian philosophy of traditional sense absolutely nothing it is using the framework empty fra a framework of Christianity completely empty of content in my opinion and turns into atheism on a cue because it is atheistic at its core but this is not a uh, precise subject here I'm just putting a little audio mental footnote for you to consider uh, but uh, this is very important because this gives you a, a feel uh, for Hegel because Hegel is very much criticized uh, I think you see how that I am also ambivalently disposed uh, towards him but he's also uh, profoundly intelligent he was profoundly intelligent man and capable as a philosopher although I would agree with uh, Eric Wogelin's uh, diagnosis so to call it that Hegel was in fact Gnostic uh, for those who don't know what Gnosticism is in Eric Wogelin's uh, optics I unfortunately cannot go into that now but I'll, I'll explain what is the Hegel's notion of knowledge <clears throat> and just point out that it is not philosophy in the phenomenology des Geists uh, phenomenology of spirit uh, by some and pro, uh, notably by Marx the most important Hegel's book and one of his first books uh, first major of his, his first major published work from 1807 Hegel puts forward as his task and the task of indeed of his age to abolish philosophy in a certain sense as Hegel say says in paraphrase philosophy consists of Philane and Sophia that is to say a friendship or love towards wisdom which implies uh, by its very by the very nature of expression but also by historical uh, accounts of the of its origin in Pythagoras uh, angeblich <laughs> and others uh, implies a discrepancy between uh, desire of knowledge of Sophia of wisdom and the wisdom itself implication is that it is not fully attainable to humans and this uh, to human beings to men and occasional women 
the thing is uh, that this is really a staple of philosophy for ages, for metaphysics, for most ambitious forms of metaphysics, maybe. There is no identification of man and sophos, the wise, in the, in the absolute sense of the word. This was always uh, more or less uh, given to God himself. Or even gods in later Platonism and such. Hegel wants Sophia without feeling. And Phenomenology Desgeistes is a book that tries to show how spirit and spirit is the synonymous with I, the subject, uh, through the series of experiences in time, in history, not only history of man, but also history of nature, which Hegel doesn't find that important, tries to jump over it, uh, comes to self-consciousness. And in this self-consciousness acquires wisdom without feeling and that wisdom is absolute knowledge. Now, what does it mean? Absolute knowledge is not possible if you are forever stuck in the discrepancy between subject and object. I can never penetrate uh, the full intelligibility of things that are outside of me. So the Hegel would argue at all subject-object uh, conditioned thinkers, therefore more or less everybody in the academic world today. <clears throat> I cannot really grasp it fully because our essence is alien. alien. We are alienated and fremden. And fremd. Entschuldigung, uh, sorry. Uh, this is very... Entfremdung. Uh, 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 alienation. This is very important term. Those who know their Marxism are already aware why, why I'm kind of underlying it here. Uh, the very existence of the subject and object implies alienation because they are opposites. And they are, on the other hand, opposites that cannot exist without each other. You cannot have subject without object, you cannot have object without subject. It's a their being their common being, uh, commonality, the only sure commonality between them is a relation. And he, what Hegel wants to show, and what would be really fulfillment of Sophia, of absolute knowledge, would be to show that this relation is in fact not relation of opposition, but reconciliation and, and unity. And this is what he tries to do. Now this is, I think you can only guess, pretty ambitious. <laughs> yeah, uh, one has to has to uh, mourn uh, the, for the times that uh, that people could have these kind of flights of fancy uh, into 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 their. Uh, heights of their own abilities that when they, when they believed that they can practically uh, solve the mystery of existence and uh, that uh, they had po even po very high political influence uh, 
uh, while thinking that that's why we in 20th century had totalitarian uh, <laughs> ideologies but that's that's a, that's a separate question anyway <clears throat> hegel wants reconciliation of subject and object this reconciliation is self-consciousness why self-consciousness well because self-consciousness self-conscious being is the being that is at the same instance subject and object it's subject in the sense that it's conscious it is object in the sense that it is self-conscious it is conscious of itself this being is what hegel calls geist or spirit uh, the purpose of the existence of this world and everything in it is for spirit to become self-aware. Moreover, spirit to become self-aware as the real spirit, concrete spirit as Hegel would say. Concrete spirit is such spirit that whose self-consciousness is recognizing himself, itself, in its own object. This means... What Hegel's, Hegel wants to show that both nature and both uh, cultural, spiritual products of humanity are in fact products of spirit. And spirit that is in fact coming to consciousness of itself through time, through history, uh, through gradual steps. Phenomenology was an attempt to demonstrate some of these steps in its initiatory phase. Uh, to to uh, keep matters as short as pass as 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 short as possible, not to go into uh, too much directions at the same time. I'll just extract one uh, very famous uh, fragment of phenomenology, this guys of Hegel's phenomenology of spirit, which demonstrates how he thinks and which was very important for Karl Marx. And this was uh, the so-called uh, master-slave dialectics, which in Hegel's view is the birthplace of consciousness, historical birthplace of consciousness. Now, when Hegel says that a subject is present in object, albeit unaware, at some instance of this fact, he really does mean uh, this applies to nature, to the laws of nature and such are, in fact, subjective creations not in the sense that people just make them up but because subject cannot uh, objects uh, in, in human objects cannot exist as comprehensible without a framework of natural laws for instance not causes by the way uh, hegel is modern thinker causes don't apply here just laws be there Newtonian, Hegel didn't like Newton, but he liked Goethe's understanding uh, or Leibniz's. Uh, but this was uh, more or less uh, the thing. Uh, he considered them uh, con uh, something that subject creates because uh, the law is uh, the expression of intelligence, not of non-intelligence and non-sentience. Uh, also, information, things that we in our own day and age uh, would try, for instance, if we are misguided to understand as works of intelligence, as it is done, for instance, in New Age, where New Age, this pop New Age philosophy, which is nevertheless very popular with the United Nations and their sustainable development advocates, let us not forget, where world is understood as a kind of 
digital system, which is the case in sustainable development, as we shall see. But when they say, for instance, that that everything that is is uh, bearing the stamp or, or sigil of information, there means that means some kind of intelligence. Uh, in Hegel, this is far more concrete. But what Hegel wants is to make a leap from the nature to human society in history. Because uh, the nature of spirit, in Hegel's view, is uh, something very similar, activity very similar uh, to observing oneself in the mirror. For instance, I observes itself in the mirror and cannot observe itself in any other way except having something outside it that mirrors it back to itself. That's self-consciousness. You have to look in the mirror. Spirit has to look in the mirror. And this means go out of itself in its gaze to see itself in the mirror and then recognize that he is really seeing its own reflection. And this means returning to itself. This is the structure that is, this is neoplatonic structure or platonic structure of, of prohodos, uh, name and epistrophe. Uh, of uh, coming out, uh, staying and returning of the effect into first cause. But it is completely perverted in Hegel because this subject-object uh, discrepancy does not exist in Neoplatonism and they think uh, something completely opposite, in fact. But uh, the pure structure, he just takes pure logical structure. Uh, of Platonism and in fact misuses it. Uh, but this is the way, just to know that this is the way how he log his logic works and how his phenomenology works. So uh, uh, the spirit has to recognize itself in its opposite. And this opposite uh, is not, is in a gradual way uh, becoming uh, more and more truly identical with it because there is a gradation if spirit sees itself in the nature in natural laws in in a way the nature operates this is very low low uh, uh, low level of self-consciousness but seeing itself in other spirit that is to say a self-conscious other self-conscious being is something is a uh, first step towards real identity because I see myself uh, as, a, as a consciousness I best see myself as such in other consciousness so uh, the human relations human society and human history uh, are uh, the true medium of self-awareness of the spirit and, and historical process of personung, of reconciliation of subject and object. And the first instance of this, the start of history, if you will, is dialectics of master and slave. Now, how come this comes about? In Hegel's view, the first uh, conscious, uh, the first conscious relation of hu uh, human beings is a fight to the death. It is a struggle. Now, this struggle uh, is something that would uh, correspond to Thomas Hobbes' state of nature. Hegel, uh, 
has in mind the whole modern philosophy before him, not only German philosophy, he was very, very well aware of Hobbes, of John Locke, uh, social contract theorists and so on. But this uh, state of nature, this state of struggle, is not. Uh, he's not explaining it on in terms of some kind of Darwinism before Darwinism. No, he considers it such because of the need of spirit. Spirit needs to uh, see itself as spirit. So man tries to affirm himself as spirit in a sense uh, that he gains recognition from other spirit. And first act of recognition is win in a struggle because he of men, this is kind of like what corresponds to, to deeply barbaric uh, state of, 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 of early nations, in, in, at least in this 19th century. Uh, view where this struggle for survival, not for survival itself, but survival as self-affirmation. A self-affirmation is a spiritual truth, as Hegel would put it, of the struggle to survive. So it has a purpose, it has a meaning. The reason why this does not work, why this needs another step in development of spirit, is because uh, the victory in the struggle to death is a destruction of the one that is recognizing you. Recognition has to be uh, stable or another way to put it, absolute recognition. That you cannot go... Uh, you cannot you cannot lose anymore. You are recognized and that's it. And how to be recognized? You are recognized permanently. Therefore, not in struggle, but in the creation of the basis of the society and basis of the society's creation of the master and slave. Master in his victory in the struggle to survival keeps the slave as his <coughs> permanent reminder that he is a human being, in fact. That he is, oh, oh, excuse me, this was quite mistaken, self-conscious spirit. So one spirit exists in two opposite beings, master and the slave. The history of the world, Hegel would say, is the liberation of slaves. The reason why is this so, because slave is the one who is keeping his creative and primary relation to the world constantly whereas master is not this primary relation to the world is work as the subject object split is ever permanent in hegel's view any kind of relation anything that world can give you as a self-conscious spirit is that which you put into it you have to work on it the work on the world the the transformation of the world accordance to the subject is the first act of self-consciousness in fact once the society has been created once the history has been initiated paradoxically the slave is the one doing that whereas the master only enjoys the fruits of that labor uh, losing uh, this moment of consciousness from which there arises the realization of freedom 
of the subject towards object because freedom work creative work that uh, transforms nature constantly uh, that makes nature practically a slave to the human and not other way around is something that that is accomplished by slave and therefore uh, the other phases in history of consciousness are a liberation of slaves most notably in christianity as hegel uh, saw it where god is in, in in every man is identified with embodied god in a certain sense uh, uh deserving of absolute freedom absolute right but that's a story in itself so this part of podcast will be concluded here just with two notes one note on marx one note of sustainable development why am i saying this because as some of you already probably know uh, work as an essence of man but the only each and uh, only an exclusive essence of, of man which is without parts completely simple is marx karl marx's position it was not hegel's position in hegel work is one of the aspects of one of the operations of the essence of consciousness in general in marx this is it now you can already assume that this uh, master slave dialectics is very important for marx but also that uh, human influence on the world is of paramount importance for marx because marx is a humanist absolute humanist in a sense that he rejects uh, what hegel affirmed that there is some kind of uh, hyperhuman or over uh, suprahuman quality to the spirit although it uh, it is manifested through humans in marx there is no such thing there is only human being that is alienated from itself alienated from fruits of its labor we'll talk about it in the other episode so this is the point where marx picks up and now sustainable development just to say in advance and this is very important in sustainable development uh subjectivity human subjectivity consciousness any form is submitted to objectivity if we are to talk in the subject object relations i.e the human influence in the world is seen has been seen as mostly desultory and destructive sustainable development as i shall try to show is an ontology that is oriented on objects not on subjects it, it works on the subject objects objects split because it cannot escape it as nothing cannot escape this self-destruction of modernity but from the other way around then hegel and marx especially marx as we shall see because it is objectifying the subject in sustainable development to cut one tree to save hundreds of lives of people to make them warm is a crime in marxism for example in marx and uh, please remember trees will become important later on when we talk about marx because this is the exactly uh, the problem of humans human beings dealing with forest and trees was very important for Marx for developing some of his early ideas, core ideas of alienation of civil society and uh, uh, absolute uh, 
in unacceptability of private property. But in Marx, to burn the forest to warm one uh, human being is something that is matter of course. Now these two views, Marxist and Hegelian on the one hand, and sustainable are completely opposed and cannot be reconciled in no sh way, shape or form. But of course, that will be subject of our second episode. Thank you for your attention. This was Branko Malic of Ali Tribune, signing out.